So that sounds like a spelunky whip. It'll hit a it'll hit a bat behind you. It'll hit a bat with glasses. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number uh, 190? 189. 189 Close. of Video Games Hot Dog. Uh, the podcast that is currently ranked number 234 in iTunes list of the top 100 video game podcasts. That's pretty good. Mm. There were 234 on the top 100. We're creeping up. Yeah. We were 270-something. Now we're 230-something. And if you, Daryl, and you, Chelsea... Go to iTunes right now. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Tell a friend. Yeah, man. Before you know it, we'll be the 223rd ranked podcast yeah. in mm-hmm. iTunes' list of the top 100 it, video games podcasts. I haven't... I just stopped looking. And so, I just choose to believe that we're we're never going to move up the ranks. You are not vain. <laughs> <laughs> will we do something special when the episode number is the same as our ranking? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Of course we will. You're so not vain that I'll bet it never even occurred to you that that Carly Simon song was about you. Eventually, we're going to have to start asking people to vote us down so we can... Oh, yeah, so we can match. keep doing the special thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the special thing is breathe. <laughs> Guys, please. <sighs> oh, man, we had a GDC. All of us except Riff. Riff, yep. are you sad that you missed GDC? Eh, maybe a little bit. I feel like there's a minute of it that you would enjoy, yeah. but a lot of it you would just be over before it even started. I mean, yeah. there are some people that I would like to meet and chat with for like 15 minutes and then go away. <laughs> yeah, you want, you want them to go away? away? I don't right? know. Well, well, I, 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 would, I would not ask them minutes. to go away. I would, <laughs> I would want to go away myself. <laughs> no, no, that's what I'm saying. You talk to someone for 15 minutes, then you go away and you run into somebody else. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah and then ends. imagine that, except it lasts 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> People started getting here the like Saturday beforehand and were stuck around until the Sunday, no, Tuesday after. Jeez, until yesterday. Mm-hmm. Some of the last uh, GDC stragglers came to your puzzled pint event. That's true. It's pretty good. Yeah, if uh, I think I mentioned it uh, in the last show, but in case uh, in case you uh, have the attention span or memory of me, uh, then uh, yeah, we're doing puzzled pint in. Uh, 15, no, 17 different locations, 13 different cities across the world. And it's nice. a bad website, P-U-Z-Z-L-E-D-P-I-N-T dot com. Yep. Every time you tell it to somebody, they don't actually know what it is. Puzzled Pint. Puzzled Pint. I'm, I'm interested. I'll have to start doing that. They, it's, it started Portland. in Portland, Riff. There, yeah. are two giant, there are two giant locations. In there is Portland. one in Phoenix. It's always in a place I've never heard of. Yeah. It's in a different location each time, and you have to solve a puzzle. Yeah, you have to solve oh. a puzzle to learn what bar it's at. Yep. I bet, uh, I bet, uh, I bet Gary and my buddies from high school would be into that probably. Yeah, they yeah, would. I think so. You want to go with a small team usually? Go with a big team and just dominate. Sure. But it's not really competitive. Yeah. There's no prizes. You don't get anything except the satisfaction of a job well done and a puzzle well solved. Yep. And a snowman well built. Alan Hazelden was at Puzzle Pint last night. Did he build a snowman? I don't think so. He built a video game about snowmans. I, when I uh, when I told the other organizers that I was going to uh, organize it at a bar that was mostly outside, I got a bunch of hate mail. <laughs> there was a guy who was like, I just spent three hours traversing like this snowy nightmare to like drop off my kid and then like run some errands and then pick my kid up or whatever from a like situation. He's like, 
I hate you. Did you reply, well, maybe if you wrote a successful app, you'd be able to afford to live in a place where the weather's nice all the time. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, Plebeian. That, that would have been, uh, that that would have been, been a cool a, guy move. Yeah, brutal, uh, brutal rep post. Sure rep would post? endear them to you. Yeah. They would want to include <clears throat> you in all their reindeer games. Uh, what else? What else did we do over GDC? We threw a party here with a lot of cheese that made the refrigerator smell bad. Yeah. Nice. That was pretty good cheese. Yeah, it was. I, I ate a lot of cheese and then I didn't poop for several days. Mmm. That was maybe too much cheese. Maybe. I also had cheese for lunch that day because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I'm not if I'm not paying attention, I will accidentally have cheese for lunch. It's just a <laughs> function of my environment. <laughs> All of the, I have a lot of cheese sluices with gating mechanisms oh. with dead man switches on them. So <laughs> if I'm not, if I'm not careful, cheese sluices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in Monkey Island 2. Okay. Is there a cheese sluice in Monkey Island 2? I'm just thinking of the, um, sluice oh, cheese is the mayor of, oh, what's it? There's a, there's a, a mayor, a bedridden mayor of some island or other. Who just oh, has al- yeah. alarms that pl- play, and he opens his mouth, and the, fluids go in. Just, the pipe just dumps stuff into his face. Yeah. Yep. So is the is the idea that sometimes it's a fluid cheese? I looked. Some of it looked like cheese. I just realized how fat phobic that game is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Fuck you, Ron Gilbert. Wow. Yeah, you and your body shaming. Yeah. He did lose a lot of weight. Maybe he was afraid of himself. That wouldn't surprise me at all. He looked at himself in the mirror. And I'm said, certainly afraid. Yeah, of, I'm Ron Gilbert. I'm certainly afraid of the me from 1992. Mm. Do you think that Thimbleweed Park is going to be good? I bet it will. Yeah, I think it'll probably be pretty fun. Is that yeah. Ron Gilbert's new thing? Yeah, it's his Kickstarter. Kickstarter. It's for just a Maniac Mansion scale <laughs> oh, and right. graphics. Uh, Doing you what know, they know how to do. I feel like that is the right way to approach a Kickstarter. I do wonder if that game flies we in the face of modern. If it flies in the face mansion. of modern sensibilities, it, it definitely really does. But it doesn't I, really matter if it sells, though, right? Because like they made well, enough. Because they already made their money. Yeah, they made enough money a, to like make it worthwhile. But I'm wondering if it's going to be any good. Not oh, well, not the, if the, it's going to sell. Like it's. I, like, I, I, I knew that the I knew that the Grim Fandango remake would sell, and I knew that it wasn't going to be any good, and that's what happened. It got a ton of press coverage about how adventure games are garbage. Did 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 Ron Gilbert do the cave? Yes. yes. Yeah. What did people like that? No. Huh. No, and it was also notably not good in different ways than the ways that adventure games are traditionally not good. Okay. Yeah. So he's it was, trying. It was not good to, because it demanded it, like three playthroughs to get it all. Wasn't it? Huh. And it was not good because it involved like platforming systems that were not good platforming systems. Mm. Interesting. Um, so the cave actually makes a really interesting comparison point for me personally. If you look at um, like the team size, not the team size, but like the schedule of the cave versus Maniac Mansion, they're actually pretty similar. Mm-hmm. What do you uh, mean where, by schedule in this? I mean, I, I mean the amount of time it took to make each game. Ah. Um, but the, um, I mean, Maniac Mansion was like five people and the cave was like 30. People, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like, not the team size. And that, then that's actually the big difference there where in Maniac Mansion, it really, it felt like they just had a bunch of ideas and they put them in the game and where, and they just hooked everything together and where it broke, they fixed it. Okay. Until it was not broken anymore. Whereas 
you can't do that with a, a team size of 30 because There's um too many places where things are broken there are. there are too many i mean it's just your the team is not as agile like you <laughs> can't just you can't just like write a few lines of code to to create a re, an item reaction when you combine it with another item even if you're using pivotal tracker they're not agile enough that's so to speak um because they have to like get an animator in there and probably a modeler in there and they then have, have they have a long pipeline for creating all these and they have to have a modeler to put textures on the eggs <laughs> were there eggs in that game that sounds terrible oh well, probably yeah cave eggs <laughs> yeah um and so the result was but but other than that it was also similar in that like you were picking three characters and that those three characters shaped the kind of game you played but the end result is that they shaped it in the like the least interesting way possible because they had to like very formally lay out how this game is going to work because they had to plan everything in advance and the game design had to be proven correct in advance before they could build anything. Yeah, you did get the sense with Maniac Mansion that they were maybe just making it up as they went along. Like the first half of that game existed before they understood what the second half was going to be. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And then there was a lot of stuff that went in there just because it was funny and because they had time and because it was easy to hook up right. new and, interactions between things. And that's why I have high hopes for Thimble- Thimbleweed Park because it's just basically those two guys again. I always liked Maniac Mansion as a kid almost more than... So, the adventure games that I liked as a kid were Loom, because it was very, very easy, <laughs> and it it sort of also demanded... beautiful and yeah, cool. No, oh, it yeah, great. No. it was great. It was great, but it also, it also, like a lot of Brian Moriarty's stuff, was interested in letting you experience it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Wishbringer was very, very friendly for an Infocom text adventure. Sure. And as such... Yeah. I it, remember Beyond Zork was like that, too. It's like my favorite one. Is Beyond Zork the one that was all... had the sort of RPG systems? Yes. You had stats and you there had, was some you combat You had stats and stuff. that would go up and... Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The Space Quest games were fun because they were funny and because dying was fun... And it would kill you in a lot of ways, and they often had unique animations, and they always had unique text about them and stuff. But, you know, they had that problem where you get stuck. Maniac Mansion and Zack McCracken, just so many different things would prompt a response that... It was a joy to try stuff even... Yeah, you always were seeing new stuff, even if you were stuck. And that was great. I mean, that is the mark of, like, the best parser fiction that I can think of, is, like... Anytime you try something, even if it doesn't work, there's something yeah, yeah. there. That's like, that's really most of the development time in parser fiction is just getting as many people as you possibly can to play it, to play and, it. and give you transcripts of their play so right. that you can see and, and everything I, they tried and every every noun that you haven't implemented yet. It, right. Does, has nobody built a parser uh, engine that just it's constantly reporting back what people are trying like in real time. Cause it could be connected to the internet now huh. so that you could just know. get a running What's total up, of brother. Yeah. Well, but you could get a running total of things people tried and like actually ranked by quantity. And so that you could just well live update it with, right. You could, <clears throat> you could do that if you were one person producing the engine and producing the content for the engine. Well, right. You, I mean, you, if, okay, if you could put did, a line, you could put a line of metadata in your inform game that was like, Send silently send transcripts to, and then your email address, and then they could build it into Gargoyle or whatever. But there's right. a, like a lot of people involved in that, right? Well, but I, like if the engine supported it, like why not, right? Yeah, it seems like it would be great. I I don't know how many people 
I mean, the, you know, the well, you should pitch is, that to the nine people you have to pitch it to to make it happen. That's yeah. the, the thing. <laughs> the the IF community is small enough that like that you know them all. The, the IF yeah, community yeah. is small enough to destroy entirely with a single bomb. <laughs> if you do it at the right that, time. that was the entire game that industry would, last week. That, that, that would be a man. good single wow. telephone booth. How sad would that be? Like how like depressing if they just sort of blew up Moscone I mean, convention center. I remember like four years ago, five years ago, during GDC, there was like a minor earthquake near my house, and I was like, oh shit. Everybody's we've, dead. We've lost <laughs> all of the all of the enjoyment for yeah lifetimes how many people actually died as a percentage of the population during the huge earthquake in In 1905 i bet it was not very high i feel like a lot of them were there was another one in the 80s too yeah the 80s people died on the bridge dozens at least how many in moscone center though that's the real yeah how many people in moscone center died or in the indie hospital yeah or in the restaurants and bars surrounding moscone center um, most of those buildings did not exist because whatever they replaced were destroyed in 1905 when they collapsed on top of all of the budding pachinko machine and coin-operated <laughs> entertainment designers. Did they? Did they all like the penny arcade manufacturers? Just build the city up above? Like, is there just a layer? Of yeah, there's just a layer of rubble and skeletons. Yeah, I remember um, when Jamie Zawinski was live blogging the uh, the construct the reconstruction of DNA Lounge. There was a point where they broke through the floor, the foundation, and uh, here's a photo of like what was there before they built something over it in oh, wow. in the decade following. Wait, they just took a picture of it and uh, put he, it under the he, foundation. He posted a photo of like of what was there, of what uh, they oh, what they had okay. dug up. There was I thought you were saying photo found a photo because that's weird. Like we built this building out of photographs of the previous building. <laughs> yeah, that would be a pretty weird construction technique. The first floor is made out of photographs of trees. Because, <laughs> like, Seattle has that weird old underground downtown right. where they built, like, original downtown Seattle was like, ah, fuck, this is all going to flood. So they just sort of built a platform over the top of it and built a new downtown. And so now you can just go down to what the old street level is, but it's like a weird, creepy catacomb, hmm. which that's, like... The fucking best thing I've ever heard, and I don't like understand why I haven't gone up there? there to see it. No, I think they, I think they actually go, they do tours of it, so yeah. they keep people out. Like there's like a guy whistling and twirling a billy club <laughs> that just does the rounds. He, they just there. found him in there. He's been yeah, in there forever. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's sort of transparent, um, <laughs> but you know nobody's. Everybody's kind of afraid of him. I've been playing enough of that red herring game where now I'm thinking, okay, Billy Club, Billy Goat. <laughs> Billy Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been frustrated by... I played a little bit of that as well. I've been frustrated by... I'm pretty sure the people who make that game, who make the content, are culturally British. I think there's a lot of Brits and Australians, but there's there's a lot of people, if you look at the like contributor list. So I, oh, think, yeah. I think there are... A wide variety of puzzle constructors. Hmm. Um, Do they of, accept submissions from people? I we don't know. There's, no, there's nothing make. that would lead me to believe that in the app. But if we figured out who was making it, we probably could. I almost so. want to say that like they must have just um, people submit categories and then items that go in the categories and then they have a robot have an, collecting an them. algorithm that puts mm. them together in an inter- interesting setup where they're like here are some things that are that could be confused for this other category sure. you know 
That would you could almost do that automatically do and then just vet it if you yeah. had like a Google sets kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and, and notably like it's not very rigorous because I have definitely like come up with complete like all category solutions that make sense to me, but the game does not accept. Sure. It's, it's looking for a specific solution. It's not, yeah. it's not going to award you. Yeah. It's not like a completely sentient AI right. inside that game. <laughs> right. Right. But I, I think of them as striving for something like Sudoku where there's only one possible solution. Oh yeah. I mean, I think they like the ambiguity and then, they, I mean, they literally have that category of red herrings. So yeah. there's some of those would fit inside the, the categories yeah. that they have. I feel like when ambiguity is built into the design, which it very clearly is, right? Yeah. Like, cause it wouldn't be a game if it was, if there wasn't ambiguity of, of categories, then we talked about this last week, right? Like we did. Yeah. I mean, works. the game is called red herring. Uh, I think you can probably play it for free on the web. The lights keep flickering. And I wonder if it is because maybe the bar next door's getting ready to have a real crazy show and they keep plugging in giant vacuum tube amps could be that's what i think it is the the artisanal uh bakery next door is mm. cranking up their edison bulbs <laughs> <laughs> the, for a, the penitentiary in the basement is turning what? on their electric chair the, is it like the easy bake oven where the bulb actually heats yeah. the bread yeah <laughs> okay that's that's the that's what an artisanal bakery is is <laughs> Bread cooked over Edison bulbs. Oh. There is, I just, I think I listened to a 99% Invisible that talked about a light bulb that has been continuously lit for over 100 years. Yeah. And how uh, the early bulbs lasted so long that they had, that the industry had to like collude to make worse Mm -hmm. light bulbs so that people would actually buy them. And now we're, we've come full circle to the point where like people get compact fluorescents because they use less energy and last longer. And, you know, if we had just had super efficient bulbs to begin with, we could have then avoided this the light bulb problem. industry wouldn't exist. Yes. Yeah. They probably wouldn't be as cheap. <clears throat> That's fine though. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I hate compact fluorescents. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the quality of light. These are probably in here, inside the studio. This is probably incandescent, but I can't really tell. They they're they're a lot better now than they were like ten years ago for sure. That's mm. true. I got some new ceiling fans with halogen lights in them, which I like. They come on right away, which is an advantage. Yeah. yeah see, this is this is probably not LED because I can. Yeah, man. Shake LED my, lights are weird and gross. Shake my hand in front of my face. Makes everything look like the 3DS ghost. Sure. It's like you're at a you're at a really fast, really quiet rave. All the time. <laughs> have you tried? Have you tried the new 3ds yet? I'm I haven't. I, haven't I, I, don't I got know that one. You can, oh, yeah. oh, you did. I have not started playing it yet because wow, uh, really? Well, because I don't want to get into that. I'm enjoying the game that I currently am playing, and I don't want to get distracted into another game. I see. What game are you currently playing? Uh, La Mulana. Oh, I see. Which you're convincing us to do is the assignment. Yes. Spoilers. Spoilers. So Spoilers I, so I will not podcast. be able to talk about it much, but I'll give you guys a couple of tips. So, okay. When Do we have any other non-video game related stuff to talk about? It seems like it's been a long time. Uh, yeah. The the Dalai right, Lama. You- the the Chinese government is insisting that the Dalai Lama uh, reincarnate, and he 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 said that maybe he wasn't gonna, and the Chinese government said, "Yes, you fucking will." Wait, did that is that a real yes, thing? Yes, that is this has actually happened. Huh. Apparently the the Chinese government's plan is to set up 
the when the current fourteenth Dalai Lama eventually dies, their plan is to install the fifteenth one themselves and pick a guy who is who, is, who is down. Yeah, who is down with China? And the, wait, the, did, the, does he reincarnate into like some forty-year-old Chinese guy? It no. seems like you'd have to reincarnate as a baby. It, it does. He so does, they put a baby but, in, but they find a baby that's sympathetic to. Well, they, no, I they, think they, they just want to like have the they, baby around. They want to like, pick give him a figurehead. Yeah, because they, they they basically imprisoned the Panchen Lama, the like, right. one of the other Tibetan the, holy figures. The current and, Dalai Lama has declared that he is considering just not reincarnating. And so, because that throws a wrench into China's plans, they have they have made some angry statements, saying hmm. yes. And you is will. the belief that that is a voluntary? Uh, that's that's the nature of the back the current back and forth that I have. Or is it that reading. you just you got to get so good at living that you don't reincarnate? Is that is he like an oblivion seeker? Is that is that that really you're going for? So I think. When when you are like a bodhisattva, you make like you do transcend the the cycle of reincarnation, but you you make the choice to come back in other to in in an effort to help other people, right? Um, achieve enlightenment. So I they see. they can. Ex- so he did. The, he did reach. I believe the Nirvana. Dalai Lama is a bodhisattva. Is it Nirvana? Uh, or is that I Hindu? I don't remember how. What's the other word for Nirvana? Never mind. <laughs> Kevin, what's the other word for nirvana? Uh, enlightenment. The being at one with the Atman Brahman. Uh, Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's Viking nirvana. Oh. oh. Hmm. Okay, well, that went nowhere. The pixies? Yeah. <laughs> there's another word for a, the state that is like nirvana. Like one of them, there's a Hindu word and a Buddhist word. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Shangri-La. That's a place. Okay. Fiddler's Green. Xanadu. Uh, is also a place and also a dude in a comic yeah. book. Fiddler's Green. Fiddler's Green is a dude? Yeah, in the Sandman series, he is both that place but also a guy. It's it's one of those weird Sandman things. What's the weird uh, city that is actually ah fuck in Sandman? Or? I want to say it's in Ireland. No, not the, in Sandman. In the Ireland. Isle of Man. Yeah, where they have the TT races. Um, no, there's a city that's like only there some of the time. Oh, is it like Tir Tirnanach or something like that? Super Mario World. The Book of Kells. <laughs> yes, those are all exactly it. All right. Uh, I think the listeners are probably fed right the fuck up yep. with this segment of Zach can't remember words for they things. They probably all know all the answers. They do. Yeah, and they're just going to get some, some, yeah. some excruciated letters. The other word for Nirvana and the city that is there some of the time, I think, in Ireland. Oh, the um, Super oh, Mario uh, um, City. There is a city musical of lost children. about it. Um, yes. You've got it, Riff. You've got South it. Pacific. It's now on the tip of your tongue. Does it start with a B? Uh, Cat. Brigadoon. 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 Got nice. it. All right. Nice. That, that is the other word for Nirvana. The Brigadoon <laughs> over Terabithia. Oh, man. Did you guys read The Bridge to Terabithia? I did not. No. Uh, the Incident at Owl Creek Bridge the incident at Owl Creek Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah, yeah. Nothing Over starts with waters. nothing starts with Terabithia. 
No. Do you guys play any video games? Uh, yes. We were at the Game Developer con- Conference. Oh, yeah. I bet yeah, you but I didn't really play any games, games there. Say what? Yeah, I was mostly you, talking to people. You didn't go to alt.controlgdc where uh, they alternate I, I did do that. video games? I did games do that, there. and I, like, I played a game. This is probably the only game I played the entire conference where you, like, you turn screws to rotate parts of your body on screen. Is it Hexed Heart, maybe? I don't remember the name of it. But it was one of those things. It, it was like... Uh, it was like uh, those Japanese game shows where you have to like re- position your body to match the silhouette of an oncoming wall. Oh, okay. Huh. Except the way you position your body is by turning screws that are attached to this box in front of you. Okay. Mm. And that was pretty entertaining. We played a, tele- a telegraphy game. Yeah, where you what hath God wrought? Your inner your interface is a telegraph key and a telegraph receiver. And then you were just, it's like a call and response. Yeah, that and shit is hard. Surprisingly, it's super difficult. Yeah, it's I, really hard to just like say, all right, do dot dash dot dot into this telegraph. Okay, it's going to take me seven or eight tries. So that's, that's just making the sound. And then yeah. distinguishing, distinguishing the sounds it, yeah. that, that, like, mm-hmm. that, isn't, that they're making is also yeah, yeah. really hard. And like, it was almost, the game is so good though, in terms of its pacing, because it, we played it, you know, there's like a four minute play yeah and that was just long enough to start to get a little bit better at it and feel like you were making progress so it was really satisfying yeah. but it was still like you walked away like fuck that's hard i think i scored eight points in mm. the end <laughs> uh, that was by mike laser walker he also made that's a, his real a, name i checked an ios it really, uh, his name is laser walker yes, yes. Is. whoa it's, it's yes, got a hyphen it's, in it it's pretty great uh he also made an ios uh keyboard app that is just a telegraph key mm. So you have to type everything in in Morse code. Which does is it interpret rad. the Morse code into into letters? letters yeah. for you. Nice. It does. Yeah, it's good. It's it's really good. I um, talked to him about uh, the Telegraph game, and he said that he had never heard of the Chinese room thought experiment. Really? Hmm. So apparently he just he just created one by accident. Yes, that's that's good. He also uh, he made a game that was not on display anywhere at GDC uh, called Flappy Joust. Oh yes, um, which is a tremendous amount of fun. And I played that too. I can talk about that. Yeah, like so. So the way that, that works is you have one person has a screen that they're willing to use as a host, uh, and which is their phone. It like could be a, it could be an iPad on a web page. It could be a something they can load a web page exactly right. And then everybody takes their phones out and they go to a different URL and they suddenly become a character on that sort of display screen and can just flap around sort of like joust. And the goal is to like fight people on the opposite. There's two teams, red and blue and fight people on the opposite teams. Every time you win, you become slightly larger. And then there's a, <laughs> an egg on the bottom of the screen that you're, you, you try to pick up and carry you back to your goal. But it's really heavy if you haven't gotten any larger. So yeah. it's very, very difficult to get it to your goal. If yep. you are yeah, you need to, small, you need to murder some dudes first. Yep. It's, Which is, it's like, a, it's a great set of systems. Like design, that is, yeah. That's a perfect, like, and like, like, and if you die, you get reset back to, to the smallest size. So there's a lot of incentive to like kill a couple of people and then stay big while you, so you can get the egg. Can you choose to reincarnate as a larger bird? No. Bot birdie sattva. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was great. And we just played that on the, like just standing outside on the sidewalk outside of lost levels, which is the unconference at GDC. Birdie bots, bird, bot is uh, Yeah. I, so w- we played that and it was the, the 
the the main like attracting gimmick of that is the you can just use any web web browser as a screen and then yep. any other web browser can play it yep um so but it's really also like one of the problems with it exactly yeah that's also the major problem with the game is the super high latency oh i, oh, I was I, thinking it was surprisingly it. low latency. yeah it, like, it, well, it, it surpri- was. it's surprisingly low but it's also like compared to a video game. game yeah yeah it's it's super like, high yeah but it was way better than any other sort of web portal game multiplayer web portal game that i can uh, think of better than transform ice well i was just thinking about that right like that one i don't have you a don't sense. know yeah that- but this was like uh, people were actively standing around each other and the fact that in transform ice you are seeing your character so it can fake where you are right yeah and report it back so at least your movement feels yeah transform ice is interesting isn't it yeah. <laughs> uh, it it rapidly became a situation where it it felt like a a game that you did this is but transform transform ice like a situation where everybody else knew what was going on and you were yeah, like Transformers definitely yeah. become it's it's less fun when people know what's happening. Yeah, and then because eventually you bubble to the top and you become the shaman, and if you and you like and that's the first time you've ever seen this whole new set of controls, and you're like, uh, I don't, I don't know what the hell to do here. Yeah, um, I don't. They might have made like a little sandbox thing where you get to mess with those, but I don't remember if that. Happened. It's better if they don't. If you if you are confused as to what we were talking about, just go play Transform Ice. Just search for it. I think it's still just like. You just go to a web page yeah, and play it. FR or whatever, because it was like a French team or something. It was, it's. Were you on the French team in high school? I was on the French team. We didn't, I was not on the French team. Uh, what else did I play? Every, every French team uh, contest ends in mutual surrender. Yes. <laughs> uh, this, uh, hmm, uh. Uh, I played Afterglow. Did you guys play Afterglow? No. That was a game in a briefcase. Uh, where you were looking sort of through what kind of looked like a periscope um, viewport, and your uh, your control was a rotary telephone dial pad, um, and so the screen or the the display was a a circle of LED lights, and if you hit if you like dialed in one on the dial pad, it would do like a a ping or maybe zero, whichever the one is the closest one to the to the catch i think it's one yeah i think zero is the furthest away uh and so it would do sort of a ping like a radar thing and show you where all of the enemy missiles were coming from uh and then you had to dial those numbers in to like Mm. send out like a missile command kind of attack against them right and they start out as green and they become yellow and become red as they get closer so you have like priority prioritization or whatever uh really clever very like minimalist visuals and controls but very fun uh, and you just compete for score, basically, to see how many of the things you can defend against before it you eventually get destroyed, because they keep coming faster and faster. Did you play that line wobbler game? I saw people playing it, and I I appreciated how it worked the one the one dimensional dungeon crawl. Yeah, I didn't uh, get a sense. I never even saw that. It was was that at all control? Yeah, yeah it, it was, was huge. It was like a it was like a fifteen foot string of LEDs. Either yeah. like either like it was so big that I didn't see it. Or it was it, it was, was taken gone. away Friday afternoon for um, experimental gameplay workshop. So yeah, you, you okay, and that, that's when I showed up. But, yeah, yeah, okay. It was gone by that point. Um, it's pretty clever. It's so the controller is just a, a spring basically, and you like a sort of rocket to one side to move forward, and there are different segments like different sort of colors of LEDs 
mean different things. There's segments that are like uh, conveyor belts pushing you backwards. There's segments that are lava that like goes through cycles of being hot where if you're in that section, it'll burn you and otherwise you can pass over it. And then enemies, which are little red dots, which sort of have a regular pathing back and forth. And you have to, to attack, you sort of wobble your little stick real fast. Um, and then you have to be able to like pass over the lava at the right times and then like push real hard to get past the, um, conveyor belts. And it's, it's surprisingly compelling and fun and understandable. And did you play Wolfenstein 1D? I did not. Was that a real game? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't even, I've never heard of it. Is that just like taking the display of Wolfenstein 3D and change and, and compressing it to just a slit of, hor- of horizontal pixels? No, it's actually just a game played on a line of pixels and you have like doors that you can close and open and guards that are looking one direction or the other and you're trying to like open the doors between you and the guards and shoot them. Hmm. Um, as I recall. What else did you play? The, the real uh, depressing thing about like an actual one dimensional space is that you're just stuck with your neighbors forever. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially after they die, they're just like, yeah, this corpse right here, this corpse over here. Uh, hi guys. <laughs> um, you, push you, you can push them away, but like you can never meet whoever was on the other side. Right. Did you play uh butt sniffing pugs? I did not. Um, you know, that's a little too precious uh, for me. I'm sure it was fine. It was pretty cute. And I hate pugs more than just about. But they're very cute when they're digital. Animal. Yeah. I don't know, man. What What about the butts? So there. So the the way that this game works. So these, this is all in alt.control.gdc, which is a section of games curated because they have. Un, like unusual sort of really strange control schemes it's it's right in the middle of the career pavilion so nobody ever goes there exactly uh which is great because then it's never it's not mobbed um so you you moved around by moving uh what was a, a functionally a giant trackball but it was themed like a giant uh tennis ball so you sort of roll this thing that's sort of like a big fluffy tennis ball and that's how you get around and then there's a couple of buttons. I think one to pee on something and one to poop or eat. I think those are the same button. I'm not sure. Uh, and then uh, there's the back end of a dog in front of you, which is the corresponds to the other player who's playing. It's a two player huh. game and that's their butt. And this is a tell, teledildonics game. When you, when you get near them, you're supposed to like stick your nose down in the, in the, 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 the butt so that you sniff the other dog. And, uh, and then that opens up some other possibilities for you to, to do things out in the world. And so you keep, you sort of wander off, do some stuff, come back, sniff the other dog, and then wander back out into the world. And, and it, the game is just about sort of being a dog in this sort of environment. So you chase, you can chase some birds. You can, you just describing that frisbee. game has turned me into a grandpa. Wow. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's super cute. I like, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of just exploring what it would be like to be a dog, right? Like it's, Come on. Okay. Like, games are about giving us experiences that we couldn't otherwise have. Ha right? uh, you smelled a butt. <laughs> that's my that's my summary. Wow. TLDR, smell a butt. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. Was the game fun? Yeah, super cute. 
I mean, okay, was it fun? Yeah, you're. <laughs> the like, video games only have one purpose, Kevin. <laughs> I was. And it's not I to was be cute. Thoroughly charmed and enjoyed myself. Okay, well, uh, we played that bomb disarming game. Yeah, you know, uh, cementing keep, my belief that if there's ever a crisis situation, Kevin is the guy that I want. Keep talking and no one explodes <laughs> on my team. We. We disarmed the bomb in like forty seconds. Yeah, like we we had five minutes. We didn't, we didn't need, it. need it. Yeah, they had it on the easiest difficulty level, and you know Kevin and I are pretty good communicators with each other. I think that's not with thing. anybody else. We have <laughs> probably, but uh, we have definitely. We were talking to somebody during GDC, and I said something, and then you said something, and they were like, "Had you guys talked about this before?" And we're like, "No, we just." We just have a lot of the same thoughts having worked together for a decade. Um, we had an exchange uh, out on the out on the porch at our party that went, John, Jonathan, Kevin, Zach, fuck. <laughs> back and that was the back and forth between me and another guy. Oh, okay, um, so that was pretty good. It so, wasn't so both of you were just wrong. Wasn't actually that funny. Well. I would argue that calling me Kevin is wronger than calling a guy named Jonathan John, but I'm a little biased towards not thinking that I'm an asshole. I, you know, really, I'm not. At Alt Control GDC, I played the Telegraph game, which was good, and then I played another game uh, until I broke all of the controls on it. The radio one? Yeah, it was a game... That was self-contained inside a little wooden box, and it had a monitor, and then a bunch of just like Bakelite knobs for you to control this airship. Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, you were like in a Venus Zeppelin. Okay. Um, and you were I, just oh, is this a Venus Patrol? Is that the name? I don't know. You were just going to get these beacons, but it was just sort of cumbersome to control because because you had like a knob a to control the orientation, a knob to control the speed, and then some switches, like some big meaty switches that you had to flip. Are you sure that they functions. didn't control the horizontal and the vertical? I, they did. They controlled both of them. Okay. I was not able to adjust my television set. Yeah. Why don't we call televisions television sets anymore? Hmm. They're more just flat screens. Used to, right? be, a, used to be a shortwave set. You used to it, have to have two of them. Was it a set of objects in the past? Like you had to assemble it? I don't know. Like a place setting? You had to have a TV and then an antenna. I mean, so the TV and the antenna were potentially two different objects, yeah, right? That were yeah. connected together. Maybe, so. the, maybe the power cable. Maybe the, uh, the stand it was on. External speakers. The, I feel like the, the oldest TVs were just giant cabinets. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were definitely tubes. furniture. You don't, but you don't say uh, the couch set. You might you? say set. You might have back when the couches were first invented. Okay. Who do you think invented the couch? Jean-Pierre Le Couch. Yeah. You think it was French? I mean, don't you think the word couch is French? I don't know. Couche. I know a chaise. Couch. A chaise lounge. Sounds pretty French. A, a chaise lozenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, anybody play anything else at GDC? I Wasn't there something notes. at the... We saw something at the IGF pavilion that was cool. Didn't we? Are you thinking of th- Thumper? No, I didn't think that looked very we, cool. We wanted to talk about Phonopath. Oh, yeah. 
We discovered yeah. Phonopath, and then we both played that a little bit. That was a game where it's like a series of puzzles that you have to solve, but each puzzle is basically just presented to you as a wave file that you then have to do some kind of processing on to learn the password for yeah, the next with, segment. With totally external tools. Yeah. yeah. Like the game, so, one of the buttons in the game is download MB3 or wave file and then figure out how to yeah, do something with it. You just it, have to use yeah. Audacity or whatever to. So did the. The, the computer that you played it on at the booth just have Audacity on it? Well, I played it at home. I don't know what the... That's smart. That's the but I assume that it did. I, I think it, it did. I think I saw somebody using Audacity on that computer at the IGF Pavilion. Um, I got... You know, I was like, I've spent hundreds of hours editing audio. <laughs> this will be a piece of cake. But then, you know, a third of the way through the game, I'm like, wow, fuck. I don't know anything about anything at all. Yeah, this game, I talked to the creator of it. He said it's for audio people to play. Right. But even that, like, there, you have to both recognize and have the tools to mess with a variety of different things. Like, I was able to sort of brute force my way through to like stage four. But then I got to a thing where I didn't recognize at all what it was trying to do. I, I used the hint and it was like slow scan TV. And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> what? And like, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know. Slow even scan TV and- are any tools to deal with that on a Mac. So mm. one of the hints yeah. was figure out them numbers, then notch that shit. Like, Oh yeah. Right. Uh, okay. It, it I guess that filter. means yeah. Well, I guess that means put little notches in the EQ at those frequencies. There was what I'm just going to spoil one of the puzzles to describe the kind of puzzle that this game has cuz okay. this is actually pretty clever. There was a, there's an audio file that's just a bunch of noise and so you're like, "Ah, oh, this is in the section that's mostly like spectrographs of the the things are what's important." And the spectrograph is a picture it's like a bunch of words, like a sentence, hidden in the in the wave form, and then a couple of abacuses, and you have to know from the name of the puzzle that they're Japanese abacuses, so that you can know what numbers to translate the abacuses into, and then you have to EQ down the frequencies of the numbers that the abacuses are displaying, and then look at the spectrograph again, and it will have removed all of the letters from the sentence except the 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 answer or huh. sort of. I didn't actually solve that one. I got stuck there. It just creates it creates lines through five letters. And oh, I see. Answer. Okay, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's clever. Yeah, it was super cool. It, um, also, in that section was a it was a sound file that just yielded a spectrogram of puzzle pieces and you literally had to cut them out and stitch them together. <laughs> so is that something you can do in Audacity? No, that's something you can do in Photoshop. Well, the spectrograph. Making the spectrograph is a yeah. thing that you can do in Audacity. Yeah. yeah. And then you can turn it back from the spectrograph into an audio file in Audacity? Uh, no, I just, I just literally cut out. I, you don't, you I don't have to rearrange the spectrograph and then replay it as an audio file. No, you no. just have to, it's just a jigsaw puzzle. Yes. That the, you, there was effectively the same thing though with, with, uh, there was a audio file that was 20 seconds long. That was, I mean, these are all spoilers by the way. So if, if you don't want to, if you want to play this game, you should jump forward some number of seconds. Um, there's a there's an audio file that was 20 we'll, seconds we'll, long. We'll hide the number of seconds you should jump forward in the spectrogram of this podcast. <laughs> uh, I keep saying spectrograph and spectrogram interchangeably because I don't know which word I I'm also, looking for. I also don't I, know. I think they're both correct. Uh, but it was uh, 
you could tell that there was like repeated sections to it. And so if you chopped it up into five, four second long bits, uh, and then started inverting them, it would cancel. They were like such that you could cancel out the one before. Mm. And so if you got all the way down to the bottom, it was just noise. And then if you did a spectrogram of that, of the composite of all five of them, it was this, uh, grid of of dots basically of like uh, it was a mega man password black black and white regions and that was a not a not a qr code but a, a similar like a digimark code hmm. which cool hmm. <laughs> like it sounds that was, like something uh, you'd see at mit mystery hunt yeah no this is totally this is totally a, a probably a couple mit mystery hunts puzzles worth of content here it's very good. It's uh, I enjoy it quite a bit, and it's in a it's a kind of a neat thematic wrapper. Yeah, it's it's audience I imagine is extremely niche. That's probably true. It's like people with a people with a really high level of audio skill and a really high level of puzzle prowess. Yeah, it has to. You kind of have to have both. Yeah. Or, or you just have to have be a puzzle person who's willing to learn a bunch of audio stuff. Yeah, which is great. You know, that's. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely down with that. It's the kind of thing, you know, that's the sort of thing that will convince you to learn a bunch of stuff about audio. Right. And me to get about a third of the way through it and say, hmm, <laughs> I'm going to go do something else. Did you see them? Did, was there any music theory stuff in there? Not that I was aware of, okay. but I, you know, there's there's still two whole sections that I didn't even get to. You're still hoping somebody's going to make the perfect puzzle for your skills to be brought to bear on? <laughs> I, I think I just think that would be a nice compliment to audio editing skills. Mm. Probably true. I would have a hard time with that stuff because it's so foreign to me. Sure. Do you listen to music? I do, but I don't understand what I'm listening to. Sure. I think that's most people. Yeah. I've tried to explain weird time, weird time signatures. signatures to Kevin a bunch of times, and he doesn't. I don't get it. He doesn't uh, like perceive the fundamental difference between a song with a weird time signature and one without. Huh. Which, you know. I remember my ex-wife asked me what my favorite Weezer song was, and I told her, and she was like, alright, what's your fucked up reason for that being your favorite Weezer song? <laughs> I'm like, oh, because it's around. Oh, you play all of the parts of it at the same time, and it sounds good. Just, I knew it. I knew you had some fucked up reason for that being your favorite Weezer song. <laughs> Did she mean any reason at all? Like... No, she just knew it was going to be some weird nerd reason, I think. Yeah. Which, you know, that's fine. Uh, the only other game I played was uh, Grab Them by the Eyes. It's a Terry Cavanaugh. Oh, yeah. Game, I intended sort of to. Toy slash game. I intended to play that, but it was only. You couldn't play it on a phone. Yeah, because it's Flash, I think. Uh, it's. It's odd. I think it started out as a sign construction tool that he then just turned into a game. Oh, right. Okay. I um, know which one you're talking about now. That like your, hot dog cart. Yeah. Sign. You basically have a hot dog cart and you yeah. are trying to compete with somebody who opens a hot dog cart across the street from you and you're competing by trying to come up with the, the most sort of attractive signs and you and your uh, opponents uh, rush to the sign store each morning and alternate getting there first and then you have to decide what features you want to buy and you have a limited budget uh so there's some strategy to it and then it's kind of pr uh, pretty is not the right word but it is visually interesting it's hard i don't think i i didn't beat it either of the times i played through it so yeah it's worth checking out though it's it's a it's a one of his free games on distractionware 
does he ever sell any games? Yeah, VVVV. And, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, How about that one? Super Hexagon. Super Hexagon has done extremely well. Yeah, but Super Hexagon was free on the internet first. Hexagon was. Super oh. Hexagon is a elaboration. I yeah. see. Okay. And he sold that on iOS and Steam. Sure. Maver- Man, Maverick Bird was good. Maverick Bird was yeah. the best Flappy Bird clone. That's true. Turns out Flappy Bird needed one additional verb. <laughs> it needed to be like dive kick. It also needed music. Dive flap. Yeah. Everybody just plays their own music. Yeah. Do you guys play any other video games? I played a bunch, but I don't remember any of them. I've, I decided to finally give Fallout 2 the old college try. Yeah. Oh, and wow. I think that I am forced to... I am forced to express the extremely unpopular opinion that Fallout 2 is not a very good video game. Hmm. Oh, that's right, because you don't you don't like turn based combat. I don't. I do like turn based combat. What I don't like is tedious turn based combat that is turn that is tedious because seventy five percent of the time your attacks miss, hmm. and seventy five percent of the time your opponent's attacks miss. So you just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, accomplishing nothing. Until the fates collude such that one of you immediately dies. Do you have ammunition? Yes. Wow. Yep. That is the exact problem that I had with Fallout 1. Mm. Fallout 2, it's like, you know, I read... to play hand-to-hand. I read the, like, what do I need to know before I play Fallout 2? Because I don't want... I don't want to get myself with some bullshit build that makes the game not fun. So it's like, small guns will get you through the entire game. Oh, except for the first four hours, which fucking suck if you don't pick melee as one of your tag skills. Because you're stuck with a fucking spear and... Ugh. It... It is maddening. Like... I... I wish... I wish I could figure out where exactly my tolerance point for this is and then have a list of all of the RPGs that have ever been made and where they are on that scale. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also been playing a bunch of, uh, a bunch more than Fallout 2 actually of, of Vernum, which is the, I just sort of randomly was like, ah, I'm going to play a high rated one of Jeff Vogel's RPGs, one the of the Spiderweb Spider software RPGs, because I've never really given one a chance and I like it. But part of the reason that I like it is because while it suffers from that, a lot of the times your attacks just miss, it's very fast and quick saving and quick loading are very fast. So what'll happen a lot of the time is you will open a door and what's in there is some monsters. So combat starts and then they wipe you without you getting a chance to do anything. Wow. Except for, 75% 75% of the time, when they all attack you and miss, and then you get to have a round of combat where you're probably going to kill some you, of them. You quick save so that you can yeah, restore back to that like, state. And you can't quick save in combat, so, you know, sometimes you gotta... So. It's cool, it's really low fidelity. You know, it's... Your, your player sprites... And this is a game that came out in 2014. Your player sprites are like 60 pixels tall and you can't really zoom in on them. Yeah, to, I feel like he didn't changed the art assets very much. Yeah, and he hasn't really, you know, he hasn't changed his art assets in yeah. 20 years, I don't Mo- think. Mostly the, his games are good because of the interesting stories and, and so yeah. on. Like Gene Forge is, a, is another one with really From the way you're describing plot. it, it sounds like he hasn't changed his game mechanics in 20 years either. No, not really. No, not, yeah, not really. 
But it's good. Give people what they want. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like he's not he's not chasing trends. You know, he's like yeah. he's, playing he's to this audience a that wants very particular niche market. These things. I do think that you know you could you could express the same thing creatively in a more polished package and probably reach more people because I don't think that his existing audience would complain if the animation was a little smoother. <laughs> and I don't think they would complain if if stuff was less jerky mm. and and I guess the question is is it worth could, it? Yeah, could he to spend could the time he, could the money he reach on? enough new people that he would be able to pay an animator and an artist? Yeah. And and you know probably not. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, you know, what he does is he, you know, and this is what we do. What he does is he produces content for a thing that he made that people liked. And, you know, his assertion is if something was fun 20 years ago, it's still fun. And I think he's right to some extent. Um, You know, and probably his audience won't like he and his audience will die at around the same time. <laughs> so I think he continues to have a career. Right. But but it is weird. It, like it's. It's got a lot of the same problems as Fallout 2 that I just described, but it's also just really fast. Like, it just runs really fast, and hmm. stuff happens really fast in combat, so it doesn't take long. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you if you try to hit with all four of your dudes and they all miss, it's like, click, 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 ah, fuck. Then yeah, I think you wait for the enemies to attack, and if any of your guys die, you quick load, and if none of them die, you try to kill the enemies. Like one of the things that probably did improve over the last twenty years is load times. Yeah, yeah, and and CPU speeds. Um, but in the case of Fallout, that's just animations playing, right? Yeah, and I mean, the story stuff in Fallout Two was great. Actually, it grabbed me a lot more than Fallout One ever did. But like the the combat was just too much of it and too tedious. And just I honestly believe it's just not good. And that makes me sad. Cause that was sort of a game that I was holding for when I really like I've been in real doldrums lately, not really having anything that I feel excited about playing. And uh What about Firewatch? No, I mean I can't play it. Hmm. I think it would I mean, it would get like I will fuck around with a game. I feel like playing Firewatch is not going to take as long as fucking around with Fallout 2 did. You know? Okay. Like, I don't think it's going to be that long of a game. Right. Um, exclusive scoop. Firewatch is about 20 minutes long. Yeah, now you don't know what to believe. Did any of us play the hours. Firewatch uh, demo at their thing? Not at their thing. Kevin and I played it here at the office before. Okay. Like, last week. It was probably not quite as polished as the demo. Yeah. It was still pretty good. Some funny jokes. I've played it at several different stages of development at this point, and it is amazing how it is progressing. The it's, the review sites are really in love with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it is going to be great. We met John Walker. He wasn't mean to us. <laughs> he didn't call you a pathological liar. No. Um, he liked Firewatch. Yep. That guy from Mad Men was there. Rich summer. Yeah. But uh, uh, he was, he just was sort of at a party where he didn't know anyone and it seemed like it was a little awkward because <laughs> he's not a video game person. Yeah. That's not like a spoiler, is it? 
people know that at this point. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was announced. I know that people had been talking that about he's it. not a video game person? You no, know, that Rich Summers is the voice of the main character. Oh, yeah. I oh, saw yeah. that in an that's, article that's somewhere. Okay. Yeah. All right. I wasn't sure if that was known. As video games industry insiders, Kevin and I have known <laughs> that for a long time. We're video games industry insiders, Kevin. Are we? Yeah, we are. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that everything that we've been playing? I think so. Yeah. Jim? I have been playing basically nothing over GDC. It's just too busy. Uh, playing playing the same games I, I was already playing, so I'm, I yeah. was... Like, so, like, I, World of Warcraft? I, and, oh, God. I played a bunch of That would be the worst thing. Uh, Alcazar and Fallen London. Yeah. Uh, we met... Uh, did you get to meet Alexis Kennedy? I never did. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, he was, it was too bad. He was at our party, but he was in the room where it was too loud. To talk, yeah. To talk, yeah. yeah that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry. Every, we, everybody was just listening to each other. It's weird. We went to we went to tea. Uh, I didn't tell him how much I don't like Sunless Sea. Um, I focused on how much I do like uh, Fall London. <laughs> and that's largely what we talked about. Uh, but he's, he's fucking great. He yeah. is so nice and just smart and... and uh, you know, he's, he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Did you tell him to listen to this podcast? I didn't. <laughs> I prayed that he did not. <laughs> um, uh, that's. I, I wish I'd met him. That, that sounds like it was a good, a good tea. Yeah, I should have. I should have invited you, and I apologize. No, no worries. Is it? I. I don't expect anybody to remember anything at GDC. Mm. Um, very briefly met uh, the woman who wrote Eighty Days, but. Didn't really get to chat. Meg Giant. Giant? I, I don't know how it's pronounced. She was, uh, she had kind of a retinue. Like, she won a bunch of awards and shit. That was like, this must have been a very exciting GDC for her. Yeah, I think, I think 80 Days has, uh, has taken the world by storm. Yeah, gotten well deserved attention. Yeah, absolutely. I went to her, I went to her talk at the, uh, Indie Games Summit and it was, it was really good. Just her talking about her process and, what their attempt, like what they were striving for, and how they work, like what their limitations were, and how they use that to their advantage, and the structure of the game, and that and that kind of thing. I have so rarely gone to a talk where I actually have like comprehensively played the game that the person is talking about. Yeah, and I, that kind of makes me sad. Like I wish that that had happened more. Have you paid attention to the uh, the classic postmortems? I've gone to a few of them. Um, I didn't have a full event passed this time so i wasn't able to i'm hoping to bribe somebody to log into their gdc vault account so that i can watch them <laughs> um, a lot of the classic postmortems end up being free oh yeah, yeah i intended they did a loom one and a star control 2 one both of which i'm like if you had just games. allowed me to pick two games that i wanted that <laughs> for yeah those are the two that i would have picked but i couldn't go to them because the badge but i'll but i'll watch them i saw what did i see gauntlet uh, Robotron. I was pretty familiar with Robotron, so that yeah. was that was cool. I guess I was pretty familiar with Gauntlet too, but that one was weirdly technical. Did we go to an adventure? Well, Gauntlet was a super interesting technical achievement at the time. Yeah, the number of sprites on the screen. We we went to a Yars Revenge postmortem at California. No Extreme. ET. Uh, we went to an ET. Really? Oh, right. yeah, but it was at Portland Retro Games Expo. Oh, it was right. by the guy that made Yars Revenge, who also made E.T. E.T. is maybe the only game I've heard a postmortem of where the name postmortem is actually appropriate. 
Did you ever see that website where the the guy went through the actual assembly code of ET and made a bunch sort of, of fixes, fixed, fixed to a bunch it? of stuff? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that some was, of that. Yeah, that was, was pretty really interesting. Neat. I still maintain that ET is a a more misunderstood game than it is a bad game. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's probably true. true. Yeah. Especially for being made in like a week. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will give it a lot of slack because of its schedule, but there there were some things that were just broken. The, like, the fall, con- How easy it was to fall into a well. Falling, yeah. Continually that was one of the falling. things that was fixed, right? Yeah, yeah they changed yeah. The, collision the collision detection to just be the feet. Right. Makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. And Riff, you've just been playing La Mulana. Yeah, uh, pretty much played. I mean, I continued to play a bunch of uh, Wario Land 3 until La Mulana came out for the Vita this month. And then I switched over to that. It's, Is it? There's like a remake of it on Steam or something, right? Uh, yeah, it's at this point, it's sort of three games. It, like... There's the the original one and then the remake, which is on Steam, and then the one that just came out for Vita is uh, the EX edition, which is based on the remake, but has they they like went back and signposted some of the puzzles a little better and changed some monster placements and things like that. Hmm. It's uh, it's really really good. It, it's it's. It's the sort of thing that's been on my list of the sort of game that I want to play for a long time. It's like basically a Metroidvania uh, 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 Indiana Jones simulator because it's a Metroidvania that's less concerned with the platforming and and difficult jumping and, and shooting and more concerned with solving puzzles and figuring out clues in the environment and keeping notes about the things you've seen and where so that you can come back and find them again later. And it's a game that you have to keep a grail diary to beat and that, which is super interesting to me. And so I've been enjoying that a lot. Well, keep those details in mind when we announce later that that's our assignment. Do you guys want to talk about the current assignment? Sure. Yeah. This assignment, extra solar. Yeah. I, I did not end up playing a ton of turns of it, but initially the the four hour delay between turns like caused me to have absolutely no interest. Hmm. But I I went back every day to take a new photograph and and some days I actually went back a couple of days. But did uh, you not ever queue up photographs? You can. I was not aware you can queue up more than more than one move. Yeah, you can queue up two. If huh. you pay them, you can queue up three. Yeah. Um, okay. If you pay them, you also get an hour limit instead of a four hour limit and mm-hmm. unlimited panoramas, which I just immediately did because I I really really like this game. Mm. It's um, interesting. I, once I once I played a few turns and started to see like how it works and what was going on. Like I, I don't. At least not yet. It has not grabbed me enough to actually give them money, but it has grabbed me enough that I'll go back to it once or twice a day for the foreseeable future. I don't know how long it would take. I beat it. There's an end. Hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's about. Oh, you, you, you actually did in the two weeks because you paid them. Yeah. Yeah. I've been playing this game for three weeks. 
And I don't know how close I am to the end. I feel like I've explored like half the island. Hmm. I, I played one week without paying and then I paid halfway through and played the second week with paying and I'm also basically at the end. Okay. But I have, I was pretty rigorous about checking it almost every hour. Yeah, I definitely was not. I would, there were, there were multiple times when I went like more than a day without, without popping into it. I would, there were days when I was like kind of excited. I mean, there were days when I was bored and so I was clicking the bookmark all the time. But, um, but yeah, I, I feel like without giving them money, if you were checking every four hours, you could probably finish it in a month. Right. If you were not, if you were doing it like once a day, you could probably finish it in two or three months. Um, and I don't know that it would have sustained my interest for that long, but I just kind of wanted to support them. I was sad to hear that apparently this game was just a, sort of a big financial failure for them. Yeah, I talked to I talked to Rob about it a little bit. Uh, he's the sort of the main main guy at Lazy Eight Studios, and he just said that there was just no good way for them to tell people what this game even was without kind of ruining it a little bit. And so they, well, I, I had feel a hard like time there was. That. They made it more difficult than they needed to because to get into it. <laughs> well, to get into it and also even to sell it because like the, the part that is, I think really good about this game is not the, the part that is secret. I think the part that's really good is that you're fucking driving a rover and taking pictures of an awesome mm. alien planet. Yeah. And I think that's, a, that's something that a lot of people would enjoy doing if you could just tell them that in one sentence. I feel like I knew that's what it was. But I got the impression from their pitch that it did not yet exist. Yeah, I was right. confused at Indicate whether it was a real thing or not. Right. right. Yeah. And that's, and it, that's all, that's the story stuff. And that's yeah. what I think was getting in the way there. And that sucks because I could see not wanting to ruin it by saying, oh no, it's a video game where you pretend that you're doing this thing and you uncover a conspiracy. You do uncover a conspiracy. It, you do, and it sort of makes sense and sort of doesn't. And parts of it are cool and parts of it aren't. And yep. yeah, I mean, I met Rob at uh, the Indie Biz Party, and at first I was like, "Where do I know this guy from?" Oh, oh he's right. Doctor Touring you, from right. the, That's the videos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, another weird thing from my life is um, that I'm friends with the the. Bi- the real life biologist who wrote all the discovery texts. Oh yeah, the the Jane Eastwood character. Yeah, and for a while, like when I started playing this game, for like the first week I played it, uh, they actually used her real name in the game. I guess I won't tell it. I, I guess I won't say the name because she apparently asked Rob to change it in the wake of GamerGate. Oh, um, it was similar. I remember seeing the name in the credits. When I finished it, and okay. I, th- I thought that it was the same name that appeared in the game. I don't. I never saw the credit, so I'm not sure what your what name you're thinking of. Um, Jane Eastwood is the name that that is now in the on the emails. Mm. Um, and that's that is not similar to her real last name. So yeah, this is a game about controlling a rover and you move it around on an island and take pictures of stuff and then you tag things in the photos and that unlocks things. Kevin was a lot more thorough about tagging things. You apparently didn't ever do full screen image views. Like I did that a lot and found a bunch of like subtle things that I would have probably missed otherwise. Yeah, it's weird. I, I was really only kind of playing the meta game. Okay. (laughs) Like 
you know, I wanted to go see more stuff. I had no idea where the hooks would be into other content, right? Like, you definitely get a lot more interactions when you photograph different kinds of, like, different missions open up by photographing different things. But that's just more sort of busy work. It's not, it doesn't really unlock any more story. I liked the way that real time was used to pace things, right? Like yeah. you would do something yeah. and then like an hour later you would get an email and then you'd go and read that and then you could reply to it and make the next thing happen. And that was all happening in parallel with you moving the rover around and you're sort of like working for this hacker guy and you're working for the doctor and then you eventually they, you know, I did something out of order because I got an email that was like in reply to another email that I had never seen. And then like five Mm. hours later, I got the original email and I was like, huh? So this is the studio that made that cogs game, which was like the 3d puzzle thing for iOS. And you were saying that they just kind of used all of the money that that game made to make this game. And now they're all, yeah, that's my, now they're all poppers. Which is sad. I mean, I, I think they're all John Poppers. I think this game just hasn't found its audience because this game is this game is good, and I think people would pay for it if they understood what that meant. Yeah, and that's a marketing thing, right? I, I sure. Yeah, Rob was saying that like he had non-game playing relatives who were addicted to the game in beta testing. Right. Yeah. So it's it's. I think it's just a matter of like getting the game in front of people who. who, who and, and letting them know that they will really like it. And I don't know how that works. Like, I also tried to invite someone using the in-game invitation system and it just never worked. So <laughs> that's uh-huh. like, I just invited one of my other email addresses to get that achievement. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, did you start playing it twice? No, no, I didn't want to give them any more money. Um, <laughs> you, there are achievements that it does not, list there like Mm. you get some for like tagging a bunch of animal life basically yeah i saw very few animals yeah i wonder if they actually make them move around and stuff that's a really good question i was talking to uh the artist also brandon um and he was saying that they don't have an animation system but he came up with a bunch of different frame individual frames okay and it chooses from different pools of frames for different times of day Hmm. okay and does it, but do the, do they actually move or are they just like static and then you get a different, do you know what I mean? Uh, no. I'm really curious how they, so are there autonomous animal agents moving around? Yeah. It oh, seems yeah. like not. It's right? not an it's ecology. A- no, no. It's, it's more like here are the rules for when and where these animals appear, depending on when, when, and when it is and where you are. Right. And I wonder if like. If Kevin and I started characters at the exact same moment, went at the exact same bearing, at the exact same time, would, when we got to, like, the zone where those little animals are, would they just be in random spots on each of our screens? Yeah. Is it, like, where you are determines... That is the sense that I get, yeah. And, like, the plants are always facing... I mean, the plants are just, like, sprites on the... I think they're rendered, because I think there was a rendering error in one of my photos. Yeah, they're all ray traced. It's that's that was one of the um, it's all server side ray tracer, right? Which is one of the reasons that there's the whole delay, yeah, between you doing something and actually getting an image. Oh, right? huh. That's weird. It looked, it didn't look good enough to me. Yeah, it's like to three justify years old, though, right? Like it's, it's well, one, I think it's the reason for that old. is that it's using traditional art pipeline, like 
I, I yeah, you're right. I think they they could have used real time techniques to render this stuff in real time. But I'm saying if you're ray tracing, you don't need shitty ground textures and stuff, right? Like, well, you need something to put there. Yeah, but you could just. It doesn't have to be consistent either, right? Like you could just randomly make a sheet of rock objects with random rotations and shit, right? Like, because right. if you're not having to render them in real time, you can spend as much time as you want. I mean, I don't, like, I don't know anything about this stuff, but like, it just, when it never would have occurred to me until you said it at some point when we were talking that what you're paying for is just more of the processing that is creating these images. <laughs> and it's like, if these images are requiring high end processing to produce them, why do they look like very cheaply produced 3d stuff that could be done in real time in the browser? And I, you know, maybe there's things about them that make it not that, that I'm just not picking up on. Because I it's wonder if that's impressive. actually true. Like it, it may just be that, they just don't have that, 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 that it started out being more expensive than they realized, you know, if this is going to scale up, we need to support a bunch of people rendering a bunch of these frames at once. And if it's doing, if it's doing it on the CPU on the server, that's going to be much less efficient than, um, than doing the same thing on a GPU because this is what the GPU is good at. Hmm. That's a good point. So it might not, it might just, that decision might just not have made sense in the long run. It might be like that the creator just was like, oh, I want to try out some offline rendering stuff and yeah, it's a built cool, this game around it. I mean, it's a cool tech, but it might have just been a, a solution in search of a problem. Yeah. But yeah. well, that's definitely the case. Like, I know that the, the, this game was created the way it was because Rob, well, is it Yagnow? Um, I, th I think that's how you pronounce it, wanted to do, like, I want to do some offline rendering things, so we'll make a game that supports that. Because they'd made a 3D rendered real-time game before, so it's yeah. it's not like they didn't know how. Sure, no. I... <laughs> Another weird anecdote from Brendan, um, the artist, was that he said that Rob was dragging his feet making the rock generator. Like, all the all the plants in the game are, like, there, he, there's a, like a bespoke plant generation tool where he would en enter parameters to create the plants. Um, and the plants were generated, like each one is a set of certain, uh, certain parameters that then create a different plant each time. Um, and he said Rob was like dragging his feet, building the rock system to add all the rocks to the game as well. Mm. Um, and he ended up just like, what if I use this plant generator to make something shaped like a rock and use the rock texture on that? That's, how, that's, it, what, that, I ended that's what ended up in the game, yeah. Uh -huh. I was, I've, I've been a little bit bummed that when I tag something that is non-living, it doesn't come back, that's a rock. Because <laughs> it seems like, uh, I mean, and, 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 like, and confirmed by what you, you just said, we, those rocks seem distinct enough that if I can yeah. tag an animal and it knows that that's and a also plant, like, and that's why I, that's why I think they look Tell me that bad. that's a rock. Like a rock on the ground looks like a rock on the ground in a game from 2001, huh. not, a, not you know, something that took a server farm to produce for me. It's, it's, it's weird. 
And I think it's just one of those like weird markers of production value that I can't precisely articulate, but it reads to me as, oh, this game just has a shitty ground texture (laughs) and a bunch of individual rocks. Yeah. Maybe that's just, maybe it's a really good ground texture of a shitty planet. Okay. That would, that would explain it as well. I mean, maybe I would have the same, if you showed me a photograph of the real world, I would have the same complaint. (laughs) The other thing they could have done is just had a, a geologist telling you about the rocks you yeah, found. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah. I, uh, they, they didn't really talk much about the fact that you are communicating rapidly with something that is 10 light years away. Yeah, no, they kind of hand waved that. Yeah, they mention the, the, faster the, than, they mentioned the, the it communication. Once. Yeah, they, they the, well, the, your, your, your hacker person is like, uh, they're using this technology that they clearly have had since way before this program happened. Like, right. They launched the probes in the 90s, right? Isn't that 10 years ago? Yeah. So, So I mean, I guess that's still 10 light years is you can't go in 10 years. You can go there in at most, at most 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can't can't go any, can't take any longer than that. No. Uh, Anyway, I mean, they did talk about, I mean, you know, it's just this alien technology and that's what, that's what drives it. Doesn't really answer any of the questions. No. In the end. Oh, in the end. In the end. Yeah. I was I was wondering if there was anything to the code that was written on all that stuff. Did you try to decode it? I didn't because I didn't want to spend a bunch of time on it not knowing if I had enough to do anything with. Right. Um I figured you might. I did not photograph the like big chunk of code head on enough to see it Mm -hmm. and was too busy just trying to complete the narrative of the game to go back that's that was one of the things that was the most frustrating for me is uh i would every now and then i would see something in a photograph but it was the first of the three photographs i had queued up and yeah so you couldn't mm -hmm. go back to it without losing all the progress of the queued things yeah that's a little so the queuing seems like because also the ui for it is not very good because Rift didn't even know that you could. Yeah. yeah. The queuing seems like an affordance that was added after the fact. I definitely appreciated it. Like, there were definitely times when I would queue some stuff up and go to sleep and then wake up and have a bunch of things to review. But, yeah. I would heartily recommend that anyone play this game, Extra yeah. Solar. I think I, it's I think I, it, super low barrier to entry. You just it seems like we've just been good. shitting on it a bunch, but <laughs> I I really, really like it. I think it's I I think it is great that there is a game like this. Um yeah, I mean I think they had grand plans to make sequels, but I'm guessing that they probably won't. They had a Kickstarter for season two. Oh wow. And it didn't go through. That's mm. nice. How much yeah. were they asking for? Just I, I think two hundred thousand. Mm. That's a that's a big ask. Yeah. For but I also think it's probably like what realistic. they needed. Yeah, oh yeah, no, it's a realistic, but nobody nobody wants to know how much this shit actually costs. Right. So it's Well, Riff. Surprise oh. everyone by revealing our next assignment. Ah get ready for it. The next assignment is La Mulana. Gosh. Uh the uh the remake version or the Vita EX version. Um because the I believe the 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 initial version is significantly different. Uh, at least it's, we, it's graphically very different. 
Casey Wiederman on the forums says that La Mulana is better than Spelunky. And I, having not played La Mulana, said, shut up, Casey Wiederman. You're wrong about this and also everything else. <laughs> you, you may, because you have the, there's a, the particular thing that you don't like in games is when you don't know whether or not you have the tools to solve a particular puzzle or beat a particular monster. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely a thing in this. That's the entire game. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's the entire game, but it's it's definitely a situation you're going to run into. What there, if I break with tradition and read a walkthrough for this game before the first time I play it? <laughs> uh, you could certainly do that. I feel like most of the game is... The fun of the game the, is the figuring The fun of the out. game is figuring stuff out, yeah. I feel like that would be a valid perspective to bring to the discussion next week. Sure, sure. Um, I can give you I can give you some tips. Um well, you could first, also just re- read the last page of every book that you start from now on. <laughs> yeah, I could. Uh, uh, like, first of all, do we that? said that's just normal. We we said that we're like, it's a long game, but I feel like you guys should be able to get at least through the first area, like, well, the first in inside area because there's like an outdoors, and then you get into the actual temple, and then the but the first area of the temple, which is called. Um, the gates of guidance is fairly self-contained and you can do almost everything in there without, without going to any of the other areas. You can definitely unlock and find and fight and beat the first boss. And we'll know when we're done. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you get, if you, if you beat the first boss, the, the, uh, I won't, I won't tell you anything about it because that's a spoiler. So step one, read a walkthrough thoroughly. (laughs) Step two, play until I beat the first boss. Step three, throw my computer into the bay <laughs> and, and also um just definitely read the manual like anybody thinking you guys and anybody out there thinking about playing the game you have to read the manual because there is important information in the manual that i think the game itself does not ever tell you okay and um so this is a game from the 80s <laughs> it's it it's in some ways, it's a love letter to the 80s because, yeah, because the the developers have outright stated that they don't like how easy modern games are. So they've they've ramped up the difficulty a bit. Although in my so far, after playing 10 hours, I haven't found that the jumping or fighting is really the hard bit. It's more find, game- finding what you're supposed to do, figuring out what you're supposed to do next. Although my progress has been fairly steady. So developed far. as like an advert game for the release of Mulan in the movie. <laughs> it's not very related. Okay. So probably not. I, I mean, yes, and... It came out right after La the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Um, it just, you know, you, you, you have to keep a grail diary, like... You can probably get, you can probably get through Gates of Guidance without having to draw and annotate your own map. But if you intend to play any any distance past that, you're definitely going to have to start making a map and writing down notes and stuff. Huh. Or read a walkthrough. <laughs> or take notes on a walkthrough. Yeah, I could print out a walkthrough and use the margins of that to make maps. Yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. If you print out the walkthrough and wrap it in like a leather binding, that's a grail diary right there. <laughs> uh, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail. Yes. 
for the listener's mail segment that we don't ever do. Yes. How would they do that? Well, uh, you could go to our website, videogameshotdog.com, and look for the uh, field where you input questions and comments. That is uh, that is sort of the most reliable way to get uh, something in front of us. Uh, and then if uh, you're feeling lucky, you could try tweeting us at VGHotDog or emailing us at VGHotDog at gmail.com. Gentlemen. Yes. I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 189 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. Uh-huh. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until then, yeah, keep your nose on the coffee table and keep recycling the dresser. Yeah. Yep. Have a uh, have a great week, everybody. Good Until night. next week. Oh, 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 oh.